Welcome to the Digging Dexter podcast with Victor. And uh, Colton Duffy. Hey, all this is Colton. And this is Victor, and I have absolutely nothing witty or regarding the episode to say. We are here discussing <laughs> season seven, episode six. Do the wrong thing. I. I'm somewhat tapped out in terms of questions, random questions to ask Colton, like we're on a first date, like we're Deb and Sal Price or uh, Dexter and Hannah. So I um, hand over everything to Colton and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. First, I want to say that was a great Zoom session we had with everyone the uh, Saturday night. <laughs> and the reason why we're laughing is because we're actually recording this the week before, so we have no idea how the Zoom went. I don't even know what episode. It'll be episode it be 10. Total smash. It just doesn't work at all. <laughs> Man, my, uh, my camera froze up. I'm so sorry. My my audio didn't work. I got a little too drunk. I can't help it. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Marissa was the only one who joined us in the Zoom. Um, <laughs> no, but for real, we're, we're, we're really recording this December 12th, but this episode is coming out the, ep- the, the day, two days after our Zoom meeting, so... Um, if the Zoom meeting went great, thanks everyone for attending. We had a lot of fun. If it didn't go well and no one showed up, fuck all y'all. So Colton. <laughs> it's everybody's fault but the two people currently in the meeting right it's, now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We take we take no accountability. <laughs> okay, so I have the two questions. I felt like I was kind of slacking last episode, so I wanted to kind of make up for it. All, all right. right. So I found some questions. I thought these were three fun questions for us to do. Okay. And these are Sorry. actually date questions, which is even funnier. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could actually, ha- I'll tell you what fitting fitting for this episode because there's a lot of there's, there's a lot two of date. First, yeah there, there's first there's two first dates in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Colton were on a date. We will Hello, definitely not make out inside um, a <laughs> snow globe. So <laughs> I I do have a cop boner though. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. If you could have dinner with a famous person, dead or alive, who would it be? Muhammad Ali. Interesting. Okay. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that would have been, that been before he died. Like I, I've always, yeah. I always wanted to meet Robin Williams. Yeah. Muhammad Ali. I went through a phase in college where I became obsessed with Muhammad Ali. Okay. And this is this was two thousand three ish, and um, like. There wasn't like YouTube where you could just type in his name and you get a million clips. Like, you know, I remember buying DVDs and books and just reading and consuming so much Muhammad Ali. Um, just absolutely obsessed with him. Quick little story in mortuary school. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a funeral director. In mortuary school, one of the classes we take is restorative art. And we have this uh, plastic skull base. And what we learn is how to recreate a face learning your, your whole face is all perfect measurements. I mm-hmm. think it's like, it's uh, you're right between where your two inner canthus, uh, where your eyes end is exactly one eye length. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the inside of where your eye closes is, is matches exactly to the end of your nose. So this is all like your whole face is all one measurement. Yep. I didn't know that. Oh, there's wow. All, there's all this stuff. And I think your the end of your mouth goes exactly to the outside of your eye. Your ear is the size of your eyebrow to your base of your nose, I think. We're gonna, it's all this stuff we learned in mortuary school. So we use that to recreate someone. Mm-hmm. And we, you, could, you could pick whoever you want. 
anyone who's been in mortuary school has done this. And I chose Muhammad Ali. But I chose younger Muhammad Ali when he was like Cassius Clay. Okay. And it like almost didn't look like him because people are so used to the Muhammad Ali. You know, now I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. now, like almost 20 years later, I think people think of old Muhammad Ali with oh, Parkinson's and everything. I was going to say like right. thir- that's like 30, 40 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I did like like Cassius Clay version of Muhammad Ali. And um, yeah, that's how obsessed I was with him. Like I, I, I recreated a dead Muhammad Ali. <laughs> that's cool. No, that's actually really cool. Um, yep. So that's, that's my, I'm just, I, I loved his, uh, he, you know, you talk about, Oh God, here we go. Political. Oh my God. I wish I had, I should wish I had like a siren. Um, you talk about political and you know, uh, um, whatever your opinion on Colin Kaepernick is, he did stand for something, whether right or wrong, that's your decision, but he did stand for something. The first athlete to ever really do that shit is Muhammad Ali. That oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That motherfucker went to jail for his beliefs. Yeah. Um, so he just always was a huge inspiration for me. Um, legit sad, even though it was a long time and he was a shell of himself. Legit sad when he died in 2016. Um, yeah, just if you if you let me tell you something, and I'll, I'll get off this. No, 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 no. Go ahead. This motherfucker before his first fight against Sonny Liston, which he was a huge underdog, it would be like Nate Robinson fighting uh, whatever Jake Paul, <laughs> who got his ass knocked out. He was such a big underdog, and this motherfucker was so cocky. At the time, he was Cassius Clay. Made a whole album talking about how he was going to beat Sonny Liston. It's like a comedy album, but he made an entire album talking about how he was going to beat. He made all these. He, they they call him the first the 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 first rapper because he was so great with his rhymes about how he was going to beat people. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating stuff. If you want to get in uh, if you want to research someone who's so arrogant but backs it up that's cool uh and on yours robin williams named his daughter after you know what zelda yep yep My little guy right there yep. yep so actually funny story i i have a little bit of it it's not nearly as cool as yours with um muhammad ali but um the reason i actually always wanted to meet robin williams so robin williams was never my favorite actor uh for the longest time and then um <clears throat> i was really young and um, so if you don't know, I, I think I may have mentioned it in this before, but I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, which is if in Texas, Southern Baptist in Texas, it's this whole thing, right? So Southern Baptist, Texas, you know, there's no drinking, no dancing, like su- it's super religious, very conservative. Um, that was how I grew up, right? Well, I was uh, not really aligned with our church from a really young age. I ended up getting kicked out of Sunday school and stuff like that at one point because I had disagreements with um, the teachers and stuff like that. But that's a whole nother topic to go on. So anyways, um, our choir director for the entire church, we were the biggest church in the town that I grew up in, right? Choir director for the church, very conservative guy, really nice guy though. Like he was just, he was, he was very conservative, but he was a very accepting person, which I always thought was really strange with, uh, the Baptist church. I liked, I, like, I liked him. I had a lot of, I, to this day, I still have a lot of respect for him. Right. Um, so anyways, um, he got selected to go to San Francisco in, Oh God, this was 20 something years ago. Right. He got selected to go to San Francisco to participate in this Baptist, like, um, choir director type event. And so he's at this coffee shop and like in front of him is Robin Williams. Right. And he's just like, he's like telling us, you know, he's like, I see this guy in front of me. It's Robin Williams. He's like, I have to say something to him. Like, this is a celebrity. Right. 
you know, so he finally like says something to him and he's just like, you know, like I'm so I understand you're having coffee. Like, I'm so sorry. I just want, are you Robin Williams? And Robin Williams like, it's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I am. He's like, he's like, you know, I, I really liked you in these movies. He's in, um, the, his favorite movie with him was uh, What Dreams May Come, which is if you've ever seen that, you know, it deals with heaven and stuff like that. It's a very amazing movie, right? He's like, I loved you in that movie. It was so great. And he was like, oh, he's like, you know, thank you for meeting me and so, or thank you for saying something. He's like, he's like, so what are you here for? And he like let him know. He's like, oh, well, I'm a Southern Baptist and stuff like that. And Robin Williams, I believe he was Episcopal or Lutheran, if I remember correctly. Um very like liberal side and stuff like that. And he was like, well, he's like, you know what? He was like, um, we have a lot of like beliefs that are similar, but we're also different. He was like, let me buy you coffee. He's like, I'd really like to talk to you actually. And so he said for two hours, he sat with Robin Williams talking, drinking coffee at this coffee shop in San Francisco. Never once did a, a heated exchange happen or anything like that. They had disagreements on certain things, but they actually talked religion. And I was just like, that is the most badass thing a celebrity could do not once did he force anything on or try to like like preach and like you know like speak down and once i heard that i was like maybe there's something more about this guy so i, I just i become a i came obsessed with robin williams I started watching all of his movies i bought all his dvds at the time and stuff like that and favorite actor ever like i obviously when he passed away i was extremely upset extremely sad angry even at the time but um yeah, he's my hands down. I if I could have dinner with one person dead or alive, it would be him. Yep. I'm actually curious because I feel like it almost there's so many interesting ones that people have uh, in the in the comment section for this episode. Yes. Just curious if your listeners just post who, who it would be. If you feel like explaining yourself, awesome. If not, you don't have to and you don't have to do it at all. But just curious to see what others what others is. I believe that's a good question for a lot of people. So, yeah. yeah um next question this is a little more light if you could have one skill what would it be not what you have but one skill that you've always wished you had what would it be do you know yours woodworking carpentry i wish i was better i can do very 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 minor like i can screw pieces of wood together like ikea <laughs> but i wish i was a good carpenter i wish i was a good carpenter uh, so we were talking off air about Washington D.C. My bro- my wa- my brother in law who lives in Washington D.C. legit took a summer off from work to do a wood carpentry uh, oh, camp. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! And and he like makes shit for um. He used to make stuff. He made a. He always said he was gonna make Mar- uh, Marissa, my wife, a uh, a wine bottle holder made out of Mineta wood. That's cool. He's like he's like badass. Um, mine. If 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 that's the route, I mean, I don't know if electrical counts. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a toss up between electrical and knowing how to code, like computer and shit. I feel like that's something. If I I got into when I was younger, um, no, no, electrical. I mean more like I'm able to like rewire my house. Oh, okay, okay. I mean that's definitely a skill. Computer. I mean like able to like program and create my own website and all this shit. Um, I am. I'm pretty handy. I'm not electrical handy at all. Like I, I know the. I don't even think I know the basics. Electric, but, uh, electric scares me. I'll do a lot of stuff around the house. Like I'll do like plumbing. I'll do some minor woodwork. I'll do certain things. Electrical. I don't touch it. I electrical scare. It actually scares me. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the one thing you could literally die literally from. die from. Yeah. So no, <laughs> mm, nope. And, and the, uh, the third is if money, not an option, money, not an option. If you could pick one place to live, where would you live? 
as cliche as it sounds, and if you ask me the same question, where would I want a vacation? I am perfectly content. And if we have overseas listeners, forgive me. I am perfectly content with never leaving the United States. Okay. I have family. I have family in other countries. So to answer that, I mean, it might be like Star Island in Miami, but for me in my current life right now, okay, let, let's remove where I live right now. Okay. California, probably Long Beach where they shoot this show. Okay. Um, California has a little bit better better weather than Miami, although I hear they have some rough summers out there. Um, but yeah, if not Long Beach, somewhere in the South California area. Okay. Me, this one was a hard one for me because I literally go from one end to the other. Uh, and me and Meg always talk about this from a ranch in Montana to a beach on a house on the beach, like where Deb lives in Miami. Right. And I, I don't know where I would want to live, but when I really sit there and I really think about it and I'm like, if I can never go anywhere else, money's not an option ever. Like a hundred thousand acre ranch in the middle of Montana or like South Dakota where there's like, I can walk out on my back porch and there's mountains in the background. That would be it. What do you do about the fact that there's no internet out there? I relax. <laughs> I'll just make a joke. In my head, I always – I'm not even sure Montana exists because you don't ever see pictures. Have you ever met anyone from Montana? My I'll mom. Make it a joke. My mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is she real? I haven't <laughs> seen her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just – I always have this thing about Montana just um, conversely, and this may show how opposite we are. The place I would least like to live is Montana. <laughs> but see, I would be so happy. You got to I would be so happy without the internet. Like I love the. We're, we're talking over the internet. The internet's an amazing thing. It is an amazing tool. But if money wasn't an option, I would. I would cut it in a heartbeat. Because as amazing as the internet is, I also believe the internet is that evil. Like it's that much of a, a poison that can suck you in. I mean, let's. Like, I think let's. This is so funny how yeah. opposite we are. Because if, if money wasn't an option, I would double the speed of my internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. It's just so I could play online gaming better and watch uh, whatever better. No. I'm with you. On the, I'm with you on the whole internet thing, and it's probably made us as a hu- as a human race uh, bad. But you know what? It's also I've had some. I mean, great what is time it for meta if it wasn't gaming. for the internet? Right. Right. So, um, and, and to not get too deep into an internet whole, um, you know, is the internet good or bad? Um. I don't think if you if you're this brave, which I, I'm not saying. Oh shit! You may have to talk. I got to get my charger for my computer. Um, I don't think. Uh, um, I don't even think you go internet. Well, see, you have a child, so it's probably a lot different. Uh, just try go, trying to go out within without internet, meaning your cell phone for like a day. Oh, okay. So like while you're getting your charger, I could easily talk about that. So. I was in, um, obviously I'm an Eagle Scout, right? Not obviously, but I am an Eagle Scout. So going camping and getting away, that is one of the greatest moments of my life, like going that long. And part of like, and to prove that I have even done it before, whenever me and Meg, um, for our honeymoon, we went to South Korea, which South Korea has internet. There's, you know, there's, there's, it's not that there's not internet there, but my phone wouldn't connect to really anything there going days without being on the internet in South Korea. It was the greatest thing of my life, like doing that. But like I said, going camping, being in Boy Scouts and doing stuff like that, getting away from everything. I love it. Like 
I cannot wait for my life. I cannot wait for Grace to get a little bit older where I'm like, hey, we're going to Yellowstone and we're going camping for like five days in the middle of nowhere. No cell phones, no internet, no nothing. I cannot wait for that moment. Getting away, I don't know. It's it, it the first 24 hours. It's true. It's a drug. When you don't have, you want to sit there and check your cell phone for everything. It's hard, but once you get past it, it's such a great feeling. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I appreciate the internet for what it is. I think it is a needed thing. I, that's just me, but we're all, op- we're opposites. You know, that's but you and me know we're opposites on certain things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. That's my so. Those are my three questions. We're opposites. Like, uh, um, you like watching like cooking shows, and you oh, like pick that. up a lot of me. I um, I watch internet pornography. <laughs> just how we differ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, on to the episode, season seven, episode six. The wrong thing. Um, this episode, I don't even know how to feel about it. I am. We are we I, we definitely hit the lull of the season I was gonna because say, I hated it more than last episode. I'll oh, say you it right hated now. This episode. Okay. No, 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 no. I didn't hate it. I hated it more than more. last episode. Yeah. I did not hate this episode. I didn't like it. I will say that I did not like it. To me, there's one great moment in the episode. The other stuff, it's just plot building. You know, kind of like last week. We're just well, we're sort of we're moving the story along. And there's, I don't think there's like one physical action scene. This is all dialogue. This is all people I mean, talking. Them, oh, oh, oh. Well, it's fucking, it's all, but that's about the only Right. I basically have it split up into, and this is hard because at one point, two storylines come as one. Um, I basically have like the Dexter and Hannah thing. Mm-hmm. Deb, her little storyline in, mm-hmm. in regards to Dexter, but it's hard to talk about. Uh, and with LaGuerta. And then whatever happens to Isaac. Okay. That, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I, I forgot to message you the actual storyline breakdowns. I actually had two and it was Dexter and his shenanigans essentially. And then Deb and her shenanigans. And that's literally it. That's all I have. Like we'll, we'll start with Isaac because he's at least uh, contained regarding everything. Okay. Um, Isaac's in jail. And, and part of the reason why I was, I, in my head, I agreed to do this podcast is, again, I'm talking to myself, not like you, Colton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to talk about 10 minutes on whatever Isaac does to this Colombian. Like, okay, whatever. He he shows he's the strongest man in jail. Oh, yeah, sure. with like his arm. In, yeah, yeah, whatever. He conveniently has a cell phone in jail. Sure. Um, oh, no, 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 no. As a former prison guard, they're fucking everywhere. Oh, wow. oh okay. no! So when when we would do, I, I can I can literally put this out here right now. When we would do our um, by and we actually had lockdowns twice a year at the unit I worked at when I was a prison guard. We'd have lockdowns twice a year where we'd sweep through the entire place. We would find on average between fifty to one hundred cell phones per lockdown. So that's two hundred cell phones a year that we would find. Cell phones are rampant, and pr- it's not. Yeah, no. We found, I, I saw more drugs ever in my entire life in prison than I ever have seen outside. So, no. I'm more surprised. Mm. Uh, cell phone, Um, how do you have a charger for it? Are these old school cell phones where it's, one it's charge? Old school. Um, yeah. Very rarely. Uh, now, I have not been a prison guard in a long time, but um, a 
like an iPhone, internet, things like that, you did not see those. Now they're there. On occasion, we would find them, but those on, I mean, you got to understand to get one of those in there with a cell phone plan, a data plan and stuff like that. I mean, inmates were literally like bribing people for like $10,000 to get them. So, um, I mean, dude, I got bribed one time and I completely like, was like, dude, like fuck off. Like, no, you know, a, um, a SIM card you could get $500 for a SIM card. Like that's like 10 bucks out here. Right. Like you could like things like that. So, um, yeah, no, like you, it's a very, ba- very basic, like a jump phone essentially is what you're going to find. Yeah. And to be fair, that's like the kind of phone, uh, uh, Isaac has, um, I don't yeah. even know why they did it because it's like, he does not like he picks up whatever. Yeah. Quinn basically, um, returns the money after he talks to Nadia. We saw last episode, George left a uh, stack of cash in his car. When that cat, well, we'll get there. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, George goes to jail to talk to Isaac, and he's basically like, get it done. Get whatever you need to do to make sure I'm out of here. So Quinn's going to meet up with Nadia as he sits down at the restaurant. And who's there already? It's George. Um, There's not $10,000 in that bag. It's just no. impossible. That bag is like, there's like probably like 40 bucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, there's maybe a grand at best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like in, in tens. Um, all, all I kind of have to say about this is just keep remembering what the, se- what the writer said was the season seven theme, the consequence of love. Yes. And if you think about here, like Quinn has to be a dirty cop getting rid of blood that's incriminating Isaac, which I don't know. But he's a good cop. Remember what oh, he says? He's a good cop, but he happens to need money or something like, what is it? He says like something. Yeah. 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 I'm Sorry. A, yeah. I'm a, yeah. I also like money. I think he says something yeah. like that, um, but it's all, it's all to save Nadia. Um, he, Quinn makes a hard martyr because if he was a dirty cop before, and we kind of always thought that as an audience, that mm-hmm. there was something uh, like, you know, Quinn was always on the take regarding something. It's a little bit hard to make him now be like a empathetic character when he actually has to be a dirty cop to save Nadia. Cause it's like, well, chances are if Nadia wasn't here, I feel like Quinn would still be in this position. Yeah. You know? Well, and not only that, I thought it was kind of, and maybe I'm thinking too much of this, but I thought it was a little ironic as well, because Isaac has been basically threatening not only Dexter, but also like, I'm going to take out your sister who Quinn was trying to be engaged with last season. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I was like, he's willing to sacrifice at this point, even though he doesn't, he doesn't know it right. By getting Isaac out and free, he's willing to have his potential uh, past future wife killed for his new possible future girlfriend, because I'm not even going to consider they're dating, right? They're like fucking, and that's about it. I don't know. I mean, maybe for, I'm thinking too Quinn, much about it, but for Quinn, it was enough to be a dirty cop. And if you take it from a cop's perspective, put another killer back out on the streets because there's no denying that he, whether or not he did it, it's, it's at this point, it's court, it's whatever. Legal. Was it the guy who said, well, he's going to go to uh, Ukraine? Okay, whatever. Like, yeah. Um but yeah, and I think I think we start to see that. And I think as a as a viewing audience, 
you know Isaac's not going to stay in jail. It's just how he gets there. Yeah. How he gets out. Something I want to bring up, and I'll bring it up when we get to Sal Price. This shooting location is in a schoolyard. The prison, when he's outside, what? It's, it's in a schoolyard. I have something super interesting to bring up that okay. I think I've waited eight years to get to this point. Um, that's all I have on the Isaac stuff. If you want to move on to Deb. Nothing else. Nope. Uh, where is my bell? Shut up, cunt. Oh, no. Wrong button. Um, <laughs> LaGuerta brings up Jordan Chase to Deb uh, and how basically Jordan Chase and all his posse went missing. And this to me is in the conversation that Deb has with Dexter. This is this is it. one of my biggest gripes with this show. I've repeated it so many damn times is the show just forgets everything that's ever happened in this season. We're slowly little by little bringing everything back mm-hmm. to the forefront. And, you know, after season five happened, it's never talked about again. And when I say never, I guess at this point, I'm talking about all season six of Dexter. Mm-hmm. The Barrow girls happened, Lumen happened, and that's it. We never, it's like season five never happened. Um, and I'm just so glad, like it's such, because you have to wonder, it's like, Hey, a lot of weird shit has happened around Miami Metro. Let's maybe think about, you know, and now we have another yeah, yeah, yeah. blood slide, like, hey, you know, um, and, and like when you when you think about how involved Deb was with season five and the Barrel Girls and, you know, she was the one that there's two vigilante killers. And I mean, you're talking about the final episode of season five and there's Deb with only this plastic curtain between him Dex, and Lou. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, um you know, when when Deb's talking with Dexter at her house, it's like, and it's so funny when you start physically saying it, Dexter dealt with the murder of his wife by going and killing five other people. Like, what what crazy, that's your brother. That's like, you're, you know, you're the lieutenant and you yeah. fucking know that. Um, I know you have one. This is my killer cut of the week. Um, let me start here. The killer, the killer, the killer. Cut, of the week. cut of the week. And this is just basically what Deb brings up regarding Lumen. Um, and it, it's it's kind of fun to see the like realization when Deb is like, you know, I thought there was all these two people to go, oh wait, you had that weird blonde in your house. And we're talking like days after mm-hmm. <laughs> Rita was killed. Uh, so I'm going to play this clip here when Deb and uh, Dexter are talking. You moved your girlfriend into the house where Trinity murdered your wife? So you could kill together? It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. I felt guilty about what happened to Rita. I thought that maybe if I helped Lumen. I was trying to make things right. Of course. By murdering five other people. This 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 thing ties in because I think what you have to keep in mind during this scene is and it will get brought up in an episode or two. Deb is still in love with Dexter. Yeah. So to like all this stuff she's hearing, all this whatever is like has to be so it, talk about a crazy time in someone's life. And like the way Dexter tries to get her off the case, and it's probably like the worst thing to be told. You ever have a fight with your wife where she cares about something and you don't, and you're just like, just go do something, whatever. And it's like yeah. probably the worst thing you could say. 
Um, it's like, yeah, you, when, you, when you take into account Deb is going nuts over LaGuardia being possibly finding them out. And the fact that she's in the subconsciously still in love with Dexter. Dexter says, go on a date. <laughs> and like, that is, oh, that is like soul crushing to me. No, it was like watching this. I, I watched this episode twice and both times whenever he said that, like, it was like, go on a date. I was just like, what dude? No, don't. Like, yeah, no, no. Um, it, It's and, and, and then like Deb, Deb's entire mood, she shuts down. It's just as like, get out of my house. It's like. Yeah, you could just tell it, and I'm pretty sure it's in two episodes is, is where we get like the whole the whole love story comes back. Yeah. Uh, so Deb takes Dexter's advice and does go on a date with Cell Price. And something I am not understanding as a plot point is Cell Price and Deb are like all going balls deep on the fact that Hannah probably killed this second person. Right, because they say there's like a little, there's mm-hmm. a little, there was a little person that was straddled. Dexter fudged the blood work so it doesn't look. I like still it. don't get. I still don't get it exactly. I don't understand exactly how it is that they're figuring this out. But that's just me. Well, let, let, for 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 his plot purposes, Dexter was able to deduce that Hannah, a 15 year old Hannah, killed the second person, and then so does and Sal's blood work also confirms backs it. That yeah, up. right. What I don't get is if they said Hannah has immunity. Why does it even matter? I mean, I know it matters just to point out that there she's a killer, but I thought it's been said a, quite a few times she has immunity. I think it's more or less and use your resources better. I think it's more or less they're like trying to convey at this moment in the in this moment in this episode. I think that they're trying to convey that like oh. I understand she has immunity, but she's still not truthful. She's still a killer, even though we kind of suspected. Now we have confirmation she's a killer. I think it's just kind of a slow build for what's going to happen in an episode or two. Because I've I've watched a tiny bit ahead, not a whole lot, but I've watched a tiny bit ahead. So uh, that's what I've taken it as: is that they're trying to like show in this moment, like, hey, she's just not truthful, and then that's it. Yeah. And that's kind of what the episode is about, is proving that Hannah was a killer. I'm just not sure why Sal Price, and I, I, I guess to uh, the show's credit, Sal Price is writing this book. So that may be, you know, proving that she was the killer, regardless of the fact that she has immunity, is what what, what he's uh, yeah. uh, getting to. Before we move on to the quote unquote main part of this episode, um, I guess we should mention, and I don't even think this has any payoff whatsoever. Batista is going to retire and open up his own restaurant. The only reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I feel like this is a offspring uh, shrapnel. I forget what the word is. A point that comes off of when last episode Deb shut shut Batista down was like, stop, stop investigating, stop everything. And I think yeah. at that point, Batista was just like, why the fuck am I doing this anymore? Apparently he's crazy in debt, but. <laughs> well yeah there's just like, like uh, that was what uh, jamie was telling him was like you can barely even make rent i was like wait what i was like the dude's been there for how long he's got to be making somewhat decent money and he's that broke i was like hold on a minute and 
and you're wanting to open a restaurant. So that means you've got to be setting aside money for one year's worth of rent and everything. Because, you know, if you know it, it just doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just like, if you're going to open a restaurant, they, 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 at least that's what they always say is that you need to anticipate the first year you'll make no money, none. So if you're already struggling that much, why would the fuck would you open a restaurant? But I don't know. I, I, to be fair, a lot of cops open bars. A lot of cops, like ex-cops and stuff like that, they open bars. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't even want to spend that much more time talking no. about it. It's, it's And it, it it's definitely a plot point that doesn't uh, um, go Adds any nothing. further. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to move to the main storyline, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of talking Deb stalking Hannah. Dexter, at the beginning of the episode, you know, Dexter sort of has to to get close to Hannah. He has to make a peace offering her before he kills her. Um, but like this episode, this um, this first moment when Dexter goes to Hannah's house. I feel like it's the first time we've seen in the show Dexter. Be like. I don't. I don't know what the word is. You could tell he has a crush. For for lack of better words, he has a crush, and he's like intimidated mm-hmm. by Hannah's beauty. Not like that she's a killer or anything. Like he's just he struggled. He like chokes on his own words. He's like caught off guard. Yeah, which is like the way when you are to your point. Uh, to your credit, last episode when you we were, we were talking about how immature Dexter is. Like this is how I probably was. You know, Dexter's. He's emotionally immature, but he's physically more mature. Uh, yeah. Um, what I'm saying is like when I was talking to my crush when I was 15, I was probably the same way. Just like, you know, choking up on my words, not saying anything. That whole moment when he like literally gets to touch her face. It's, you know, there's, I mean, a little weird, but it's. I just feel like it's the first time we see Dexter like have a crush on someone and yeah. he's not able to hide it at all. You know? Yeah. Um, he's stuttering, losing focus. Um, I don't even, th- I, I'm, and I bring that up because you could only, you know, this is the fourth woman on the show that Dexter has had a relationship with, meaning a love interest, rather. You have Rita, mm-hmm. Lila, mm-hmm. Lumen, and now Hannah. And I don't think he liked anyone the way he already okay. liked Hannah. I was going to say, like, straight up, I was like, okay, I was like, but he also had, um, the was it last season, right? If I remember right, with the the girl from high school, but that wasn't a relationship. Oh, yeah, but that, that was a sexual. That was just a, yeah, that was a one off thing. Yeah, I I meant I meant like a actual relationship, not relationship, just like a sexual right. thing. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're right then. Yeah, hundred percent, you're right. Yeah, but the the way they are writing Dexter this season, this episode is they he's never shown this much interest in liking or loving someone. I mean, I think there was like real. A f- uh, love between Rita, but here he's like he 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 has a crush on Hannah for for just a lack of a better term he he the way they show he has a crush on her um and like <laughs> I I don't even know how to how to say this all this conversation when they're in the beginning in the house and we're going back two episodes now that the way when they're talking and they have this I don't know if this is like f- bad flirting awkward conversation if it's edited or shot bad if the actors are saying their line bad or like if this is information gathering but to me they're they're what they're trying to make as flirting is just awkward to me i, I don't know if you if you're on with me i on agree that. no i agree it, 
watching. I don't even ex- know how to classify it. Especially watching the n- next episode. Like I said, I'm a slight bit ahead of this episode. Not much. Um, no, I agree. I was as I'm watching. I'm like, there's. It's really weird. Um, and I, this sounds kind of strange, especially because I'll, I'll bring it up here in a little bit, but I, I don't want, I don't want to say yet because I want to talk about it in a minute, okay. but we yeah. can keep moving. Yeah. Um, so we meet this new character, Sal Price, and he's writing a book on Hannah McKay. If I remember correctly, after writing one on Ray, Wayne Randall. Yes. He's, so yeah, is, yeah, yes, yeah. He's sort of ramping up to write a new book on Hannah McKay. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we kind of references already, but he asked Deb out on a date. Uh, and apparently, like, Dexter acts all fanboy around him. And it's just essentially to get information um, from him. Well, are, are you laughing at how, like, bad it is? Yeah, because it's just like, give me, give me a scoop. Give me a scoop. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like he's a fucking crackhead and he's fucking information. Come on, man. Get, get, let me get a taste. Mind you, he's just told him, hey, by the way. My blood work I just did was shitty because it's a solved crime, but give me the scoop. <laughs> and, and you know what? And this is this is uh, something we're not going to harp on. I'm, I would be surprised that they didn't act like Sal Price knew who Dexter was because this is a crime writer. Mm-hmm. What did he know about Trinity and the fact that Trinity killed his wife? Just something. Just That's something. Actually good. I didn't even connect that. That's a really good observation. In in my head, Sal knew who Dexter was, but then when this episode started, I was like, oh wow, he he doesn't. Um, so here we're gonna get let me see where we're at in time and how much time I could waste in this. We're at 37 minutes. Okay, I'll go through this quick. So Dexter breaks into Sal Price's apartment and uh, um he's gonna get, you know, he gets whatever work Sal has done thus far. Um uh, Dexter mentions he, in Sal's notes, he bribed a funeral director to get the blood from, uh, I think it was Beverly Gray, who was Hannah McKay's former house taker yes. and whatnot. Um, I am not sure if you take blood from a dead person after whether or not they've been embalmed, if they can, if that can be usable, but I don't know shit about blood, so, so be it. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to bring up, I used to be and i still am a film i always called myself a film location whore and what i mean is i was always obsessed with where they shot the show uh you know and i visited some of these spots in long beach where they shoot the show and you know dexter's apartment is right down here in miami in 2012 i came across the guy whose house they used to shoot sal price's house oh really so you would think this is like a what? It's a two-minute scene? Yeah. I'm going to post a link on our social media. I just want to read some of some of what, what goes on. Apparently, there is massive amounts of work that went into redoing this guy's house to make it look like Sal. I know. It's crazy. Um, let me, I'm going to quickly read through here. Uh, um Let's see here. We've been approached. This is a guy's blog. I don't know what the guy... Actually, I know what the guy does, but he has this blog. It's called Out Like a Lamb. Whatever. It's this guy who lives in Hollywood. Um, okay, that's right, because it was filmed out there. Yeah, it wouldn't have been filmed in Miami. That's so, right. So, so I am just going to browse through and read uh, what I thought was the interesting parts. Um, this is all from him. Uh, again, a segment we call Victor Reading. <laughs> we had been a pro- we had been approached about using our house for some location filming for Showtime's Dexter a couple times, 
And then last week they were actually here. It is amazing to see all the work that goes into what probably amounts to a few minutes of film. Uh, initially, it was going to be one day shoot in a couple of rooms, got expanded to a two day shoot in almost all of the house. Um, let's see here. Apparently, his he calls him Albert, whether it's friend or whoever that person is. Um, there were ma- massive amounts of people and equipment moving through. Uh, he would just greet him at the end of the day with a glass of wine and wave the check for thousands of dollars in his face. So it means if they shoot in your house, they pay you. And I actually know this because I have a friend who's in the film industry, massive amounts of money for letting people shoot in your house. They I put kn- you up in a hotel and they pay you a lot of money. I knew that somewhat because of the people for uh, Breaking Bad, the, the main house yep, that they yep, used yep. at Breaking Bad. Yeah. 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 Um, Early Monday, early Monday morning at seven, they started taking photos of everything, carefully packing it away and moving it into our garage. Almost all of our furniture was removed, including a giant dining room table, a huge sofa and an upright piano. They painting our living room light blue. Uh, Then they started moving in all of the new furniture and even hung a new chandelier in our dining room. What? I'm I'm pausing right here to say if you it's not like anyone noticed any of this. No. (laughs) It's a, it's a quick scene that you wouldn't even think twice about. This is this is a really funny. This is a really funny line. Now keep in mind, Sal Price. This is his house, and he's a writer. Right. So, so this guy says, at one point, the location manager emailed me and said that they were going to swap out my office furniture to create a quote unquote writer's office. I emailed him back, laughing that they could do whatever they wanted, but I am also a writer, and that's my <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> wow that would be like if they redid my house to make it look like i'm living with a pregnant woman because i but the, the, to be fair to be fair that's what they do though like that's what is in the entertainment industry though it's like well yeah you can sit there and say this but then this is what it really looks like like okay so i'll even say i, I I've because I've I've skirted around this for a long time, right? Like I worked in law enforcement and stuff like that. Like I was a parole officer. I'll say it out that because I'm not anymore, so I really don't give a shit anymore. But that was what I was. I was a parole officer. Anytime that they show parole officers on TV, they have like stacks of like documents everywhere. Like everything's unorganized. Like there is like paperwork and stuff. My office didn't look like that. Nope, like there was literally two people in our entire office that their office looked like that. And those were the like slummiest, like like they didn't keep anything. Like they kept like old food and shit like that. They just weren't organized people. I don't want to guess what their house looked like. But that's what they looked like. So but there's like this thing of what it looks like. Right. Yeah. Kind of like what we talked about with um when you sent me some uh when we, we were talking about um uh cremation. Like this is what it looks like when somebody's cremated. Like it it uh, it has to fit cinematography. Yeah. It, is, it yeah. is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh I'll keep reading here. Um it turns out one of his friends was a decorator on the show, so he was uh getting some inside notes. Um, going to keep reading here. I also discovered notes from the art department and how they would have to quote unquote, clear this area and replace with more masculine clothes dash loose, loose boas and clear and rearrange to a more male vibe, lose the stuffed animals. Um, my, okay. So apparently this guy is gay cause he's, I don't even want to read the line, but the the guy whose house this was was gay. Um, okay. They transformed our entire house on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday were shot days. There were probably about 50 people here. The lighting blew me away. They had a huge light behind every window. 
and a condor slash cherry picker as tall as our whatever here. Uh, so all this, the rays, the sun rays would trickle in properly through the shades. Um, he was watching the shots on monitors by the directors and the lighting was gorgeous. This is a funny line. Michael C. Hall was amazing to watch and he's always sort of in character. So he's a bit creepy. Also, <laughs> there were also there were three different there were three different Dexters walking around, so I couldn't take a step without bumping into a serial killer. So for this two minute whatever bullshit scene, there was four Dexters on well, yeah, three different why. also maybe three total. I think it's just to set up shots. Uh, I, I, if I know what I think I know, the stand-in, the fake Dexter, will sit there. So they set up the yeah, shot. Yeah, the cameras properly. are like the height, right height, and stuff like that. And, and, and then he comes in. Um, but yeah, just just interesting stuff. And then here, here's where uh, I'm referring to early in the episode. They also shot a scene across the street at the junior high school. Apparently, they often use school playgrounds for jail yards. They let me watch these scenes being shot there as well, and it was fun seeing all the prisoner extras on recess. Uh, fake security had huge guns, and real security had walkie-talkies. Um, speaking of security, we had an around-the-clock guard at the house because of all the rental equipment. I felt like the president. By third, um, uh, whatever, they shot here for episode six and seven. By Thursday, I couldn't wait for them to be gone. I almost brushed my teeth in the morning with a prop toothbrush. They moved everything out, painting the living room back, rehung the chandelier, and put everything back in spot. All 75 rubber ducks in our bathroom had been put to the right position like nobody had ever disrupted them. It's That is television magic. And then he posts more pictures. Uh, so I'll post that link. Um, That's actually really cool. Crazy, crazy, crazy what goes into a scene that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was gonna say I I remember the scene, but not in any detail that would would warrant thousands of dollars. Right, right, yeah, just crazy. Oh um, God. so we get back into the episode, um, sort of hammering home how Hannah might have killed his former house business keeper Beverly Gray. I am not sure what the intent is for Hannah to kill her. It, it, it might I have just went through my head. Okay. So it's just that she did. Maybe she just wanted to take over the house or whatever. I don't know. Watching, I, like I said, I'm, I'm an episode ahead on this, and I have no clue because they bring her up again, and yeah, no clue. Dexter asks Hannah out on a date, and I think it's interesting in this episode that both, when asked, Hannah and Deb both say they don't date. I think there's something going on there, and like, and I don't even know if this was intentional or not, but. Even Batista legit says the line, I don't date, when he's talking about why he's going to retire from the police force. Right. Um, so they're talking, and it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's so much stuff we could come back to later in the season because Hannah's like, oh, uh, you know, I'll take you on a date. And Dexter, to, to try and get her to go on the date, Dexter says, I won't land you in jail, <laughs> which is literally <laughs> what happens. Um and even still here, he's like still flirting and flummox whatnot. Um, the end scene when we get to these uh, Santa's Enchanted Forest. Is this the exact word? Because this is a real thing in Miami. This is not filmed in Miami. Um, but we have this really cheesy. Yep. This really cheesy thing. It's literally called Santa's Enchanted Forest. It's in Kendall down here in Miami. 
This is oh, a real I didn't know that. Yeah, this is redone uh, in Long Beach, but I see that they have it. Here. Yeah, you probably almost every city has something like this. We have right? something just north of here in Bryan College Station, um, which is where Texas A and M is, um, and it's something. It's called like Santa's Workshop or Santa's Wonderland or something like that. Yeah. Um, I have to say, if we're both married men. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine? I don't even want to say this because it makes it sound like. Could you imagine how much of a shoe in you would be if this is where, if you weren't going to kill her, if this is where you took your first date? Like this was, she talked about this dream she had about going to Santa's Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm. And look what he does for her. For the first date, you would never, you would, you could never top it. You would be losing. You'd be losing the rest of your entire fucking life. No, I agree one hundred percent. This is where this is where people would engage, uh, propose. You yeah. know, first date. It's like God. Next no. date's the moon. First date <laughs> for Meg. We went to a hole in the wall bar that we both happened to know about, and I bought her food because I can only go up from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I took her to uh, <laughs> CBS and uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey. You've you've never gotten pasta at this restaurant. <laughs> it's really good pasta. I can only go up from there. And I, here I am, <laughs> married with a baby. Did something right. Definitely didn't do this. We went to uh we went to a video game bar, me and Marissa's first date. Oh, you um, went over the top, dude. Come on. Yeah. Well, well I, I obviously same you're in the <laughs> we we both won. Hey, high five. Uh, virtual high five right there um i am i just realized i messed up your killer cut of the week but being that it is not plot it's plot derivative we'll get we'll get to it after i was gonna say my 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 killer cut yeah 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 yeah. we'll get to it we'll get to it and then we'll go back to it because it's uh i actually have we have a uh what do you call that not a problem we have a dilemma no what's it called when controversy we have a controversy okay uh it's interesting and i and again the episode is doing this on purpose both dexter and deb are on first dates at the same time and they Mm -hmm. they shoot them back to back because dexter arrives with hannah to santa's enchanted forest and then uh deb is at you know uh her getting drinks with with sal price um Mm -hmm. honestly this whole thing I am 99% positive in 2012. I knew Dexter wasn't going to kill Hannah, but they got really close because, I mean, she's strapped to the table. I thought she, she was. I really did. I do remember oh, yeah. watching yeah. this, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I thought he was going to kill her, and the rest of this season was him dealing with that kill because he was going to regret it or something. I really thought that. Yeah. I I I knew they weren't, but, I, again, yeah, I always say this. If you would have paused it, in 2012 as he raises the knife does this knife kill her or does he you know fake out um i don't know how to process and eventually talk about that he goes from wanting to stab her to having sex with her yeah i i I don't i don't they didn't have it's not like dexter was dying to have sex with her he was definitely smitten with her. He was flirting with her. You know, he definitely he he made comments about how she's attractive, but I just don't know how he goes from 
Well, and her I guess wanting it, to have sex it, with him, like even like that, like I don't yeah, know. Even that, like you were just about to get killed by this guy. Now you're getting fucked by this guy. Like it's just, it's crazy. It, it makes no sense. I feel least like favorite feel scene like, of this whole episode is the sex scene. Least favorite of the entire, like I've actually, you know what? I'll even say the the whole season least favorite scene is this right here. It makes no sense to me. I wonder if they could have like. You know, they started making out, and Dexter was about to to um, you know tranquilize her, and he sw- changes his mind, and he just goes into crazy sex. Perfect. But when he, yeah, and you know what? I've been thinking about this because I'm a guy, all from Dexter's point, and I didn't even realize like Hannah's on the table, strapped, about to die, and and she's like, you know what? No, 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 bang me, daddy, do me. It makes sense. What? What? But you know what? You know what? I, unlike previous seasons, I'm going to give the show a pass because thus far, we've done a lot more enjoying of the season mm-hmm. than shitting on it. So if if this is the scene they came up with, whatever, we're going to roll on to the right next episode yeah. and keep the, the story moving. Um, every, every season is going to have bad points. Okay? Yeah. As much as I love Breaking Bad, perfect Six feet under. As much as I love six feet under, there's certain times where there's certain little parts that are bad. I'll take it. Like I said, I don't like it, but you know what? I'm not gonna. I will not nitpick this because it's still ultimately good. The whole episode. The whole episode. It's as much as I don't like it compared to, especially the last two seasons. It's still good. Anything else on this episode before we move to your killer cut of the week? No. No. So Colton's cut of the week is something that he sent me. Um, we must first play the music. The killer, the killer cut of the week. Cut of the week. So this is something that Colton pointed out to me. I listened for it. I didn't even catch it, but Colton did, and I'll explain why afterwards. Why we have a um, God? I what's the word again? conundrum i don't know no um um controversy while we have a controversy on our i'm gonna play this i paid a visit to the clerk of county beverly's will listed hannah so i'm gonna play that one more time in case you didn't catch it what dexter says is the clerk of county and what you're used to hearing is the county clerk i paid a visit to the clerk of county beverly's will listed hannah so (laughs) it's so so my name is Colton. So, I'm the clerk of the county. <laughs> let me let me tell you this. Okay. In Broward, in South Florida, it is called the clerk of courts. Really? That's why I said we have a controversy on our hands. Oh. So, let me tell you. But th- this th- show. To be fair, when I messaged you, I was like, maybe I'm not. I I even said that I was like. Do you know? I was like, hey, do you say it different? Because Texas is different. Okay. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it, if you Google it, because I Google, I Googled clerk. I'm sorry. I Google. Oh my God. I can't talk. I Googled clerk of county and nothing came up. But what did come up was, and I'm looking at it right now, Broward County clerk of courts. So I can't find anything. It's a little different. Yes. Um, 
So I say that all to say that it seems like, for whatever reason, Florida does some of that different. Now so, I have more. Imp- I'm more impressed with the show because so okay, I live in Harris County, and ours and all of tech because I, even with the job that I do now, I actually I, I randomly have to get on and look up like criminal records or um, like filings, warrants, things like that, and you always go through the county clerk. It is always the county clerk. And then um, I, I I actually, with what I do, I cover a couple different states. Like I cover Oklahoma, I cover Colorado, Nevada, um, Kansas. Everything is always county clerk. Nothing is ever clerk of county. It's always the county clerk. So now I understand there are minor differences. Like So for example, Louisiana. Louisiana doesn't have counties. They have parishes. And I don't know what it's called in Louisiana. I didn't look it up, but I know that they don't have counties like uh, there's Lafayette and things like that. It's all uh, it's all parish, which is because everything's very Catholic based there and stuff like that. So Florida, obviously, maybe there's is something different. And this was me like laughing at something because I'm only thinking the Texas side of it. But I don't know. The clerk of county to me just sounds so funny. Oh, it, it, it sounds it sounds funky, and um, I it it, but, it completely went past my my eardrums the first time around. But he's not British, right? Like like um um uh, Michael, Michael C. yeah, he's not, he's played he, British, but he's not British, right? I think he played. Uh, I think he was born in South Carolina. Okay. See, that's just, that's even more. I was like, maybe it's a British thing, but I was like, no, I was like, he's not British from what I remember. Yeah. My only thing about this whole thing is there's sometimes on the show that they do terrible geography on where stuff is located. The church last season was in Davie, right. which is so far from Miami. Uh, I can't believe that this is the thing they got right. <laughs> it's just – it's flabbergasting. And if this is them. what they got right, that's even – I then I feel bad because I'm like I never mind like maybe I shouldn't nitpick the show like I do like it, it more so seems something random that someone was like hey I actually know in uh I know in Florida they call it this and whatever whatever it it's still a good technically catch- wrong because they yeah. say county uh, clerk of courts or whatever and I'm like yeah ah. it was uh it was a good catch by you uh anything else to close out before we move on next week to talk about season uh, episode seven. Oh God! Um, no, I don't not, have. Um, uh, while you're looking that up, I don't have anything else other than I'll uh, brown those it in. Great Zoom, everybody! It was so. <laughs> it was so much. Fun. Or or terrible. A shame of you for or, no yeah. one. Shame on all of you. We could have done more. Either now, way, now we're gonna, now we're taking this giveaway. I and, uh, am sorry for getting so drunk on that Zoom. Because <laughs> we can 100 guarantee it. I have a new mug and Colton has a new shirt, so fuck everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, so we'll close out this episode and we will talk to you next episode, everybody. Later. Sounds good.